My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, I'm delighted to be joined on today's programme by Barry O'Kane, internet industry guru and founder of Bcore Happy Porch, a software developer that turns data into impactful content and collaborates with businesses to share its vision of a circular economy. Uh, Barry, a very warm welcome to you today and thank you ever so much for joining us. It's a pleasure having you. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Likewise, Barry, thank you for taking the time, of course, to uh, join us on the uh, the show this morning. And uh, I suppose in that little introduction there, I've given the uh, the succinct version of what it is that you and Happy Port are seeking to do. But perhaps just to set the scene, you could expand upon that a little bit and just tell us a bit about your work in your own words. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Happy Porch uh, started in 2015. It grew out of, I was a partner in a web agency for many years and then struck off on my own in 2015. Um, and my intention had been to set up, uh, or my goals, if you like, in the new business was to have, to, first of all, we were going to be fully, fully distributed. So I can talk a lot about, um, uh, even before it was forced on many companies in the COVID situation, about mm. how working fully remote is, um, I think, an incredibly, incredibly powerful um, method of running a business. Um, and then secondly, to um, uh, to to really, I hope this doesn't sound too grandiose, but really to try and be, um, you know, to be good for the world in terms of the business, the, the role the business plays. Um, and so over the years we've grown, we do, um, we work a lot in hospitality and we um, uh, have also on behalf of our businesses what we uh, uh, broadly term as the different circular economy um, clients and projects. Yeah, so would you say in a sense then that you were kind of ahead of the curve on the sustainability side of things? Because it seems to be that even though it was something that we talked about certainly pre-pandemic, the impact of COVID, it's given us more of an impetus on the sustainability side, hasn't it? It seems that more and more businesses are now cottoning onto it and why it's important. There's definitely much more of a zeitgeist now at the moment. There's definitely much more conversations, conversations that a few years ago I would have found difficult or, you know, trying to uh, trying to convince people. Now it's happening the other way around. People are much more aware of it. I'm not sure I count myself or the business is ahead of the curve mm. um, because the problem is, you know, so we're so far behind the curve in terms of solving the problem. Um, and there's so many, so many leaders uh, or sort of trail blazers ahead of, ahead of ourselves. Yeah, and um, I suppose um, it's important to talk about the fact that when we think about technology, and of course the IT industry is certainly a very big part of that, um, I had a discussion with somebody on this very podcast not too long ago, and they sort of told me that in terms of the uh, the e-waste that that industry generates, it's actually one of the uh, the fastest growing emitters out of all of the carbon emitting sectors that are out there. And so sustainability in technology, it's going to be so, so much more important, isn't it, as we sort of continue to take the fight to climate change and we try and hit that key carbon goal of net zero by 2050 as well. 100%, 100%. I mean, software, obviously, in digital and hardware is, is, is embedded its core for absolutely everything. It's not as if it's a separate sector that that, that, that is isolated. Everything and everything and everything and all of business relies on some form of software and hardware. And so as, a, as working in that industry, it's so important and we're in a quite privileged position of being in a growing industry that's powerful and, and really fundamental to, um, to, to the economy at the moment, um, to look at both um, things like the literal footprint of the hardware and software that we use, so data centers and the e-waste, 
Um, and, and, and as you say, that's the problem there is, is potentially exploding. But also then the, gen- the power generation more and more, like at the moment, something like 4% of um, uh, the, the internet broadly is about 4% of power usage as well. So and that's growing at an exponential rate. So, so there is both a real problem and a real opportunity within the, the, the sort of both hardware and software and you know, digital sector to, um, to really grab and, and, and really make a change there. There is, isn't there? And um, if we were to kind of decode that for businesses, so to say, if you if you want to get on that uh, sort of sustainable ladder and begin on your own journey to becoming a greener business, what are some of the practical steps would you say that businesses can take to really sort of get started on that and sort of transition into that sort of circular economy? So the place I always point in terms of IT, the place I always point to people, I think the most sensible place to start is the, is the hardware. So, um, most energy usage is going to be embedded, embodied carbon. It's going to be in the physical devices, whether that's um, a small business with phones and laptops and et cetera, or a larger business with an mainframe or, or a heavy cloud presence. Um, so the easiest place to start is to look at the literal sourcing of the hardware. And from a circular economy perspective, there's incredible multiple, multi sort of threaded benefits in looking at refurbished, um, you know, reused or extending the life of, of hardware. So that's always the sort of gateway drug in my mind because it's so um, visceral, it's so real, like we, we have to supply everybody with, with machines um, and we have to pay for that. So so that's that's the obvious place to start and can be and can have a massive impact to then look at, you know, we don't need to say, we don't need to stop and navel, navel gaze and plan the perfect plan, much better to start and then, you know, iterate and improve over time and as we need to accelerate. Yeah, and it, it takes me back uh, to another conversation I had on the program, actually. And um, it was about sort of, you know, the lifespan of certain machines. And they mentioned to me the fact that, uh, you know, some businesses are actually bringing in laptops and bringing in computers on a three-year lifespan, three years past, and then they're getting rid of them and bringing in wholly new machines. And the reality of the, from the matter is that those devices are probably good to go for at least another maybe two or three years, a whole another lifespan yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't have the have the figures, but it, it, but it's terrifying how much resources, how much energy goes into the physical device, and to to have this um, magic away place where we sort of think, okay, I've used it for three years, now it's going to throw away, and, and and you know that is that is a literal feeding of the problem, um, and so just extending it by twelve months, which will have in ninety percent of cases negligible or no impact on 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 performance and output on the work, and will help the bottom line as well. Um, has it has, you know think that's the sort of place to start and then beyond that there is a growing um, you know refurbishment business um, and then remanufacturing which is refer you know which is, is remanufactured laptops are, are as good as new with with um, warranties and so on so it's such a such a powerful particularly if you have a big work workforce and you're and you're supplying them all I think that's such a powerful place to start it is absolutely, and um, when we talk about sort of the embedded carbon in the uh, the manufacturing of these devices, just to kind of raise a little bit of awareness as to sort of what exactly what the impact of this is, um, it's not just, of course, the materials that are needed to actually source the pieces that are required to put this these laptops and computers together, which are eventually going to, of course, run out because they're already in some kind of short supply. It's the energy that it takes to actually then go and put these together in sort of the factories or manufacturing centres, yeah. wherever they're put together. And then it's also those computers the finished devices actually being transported to where they're needed isn't it so when you actually look yeah. deeper there's so so much embedded carbon in these isn't there yeah absolutely 
And I mean, transport and the, and the energy usage of devices is important, but it's way overshadowed by the resources and the manufacturing process all the way through the very convoluted supply chains for, for, our, for our devices. Not just in pure carbon, but in every other impact, all the way from you know, child, child labor in, in, in some horrendous places for some of the raw materials through to exploitation in some parts of the world, through to the obvious energy and the waste that that whole process produced, all the way through to, to it sitting on our desk and, and uh, for work. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's it's yeah. yeah. Plenty to be aware of on that side of things. And then what you also need to be aware of, of course, I suppose, if you are sort of venturing into the digital transformation stage is that if you are a business leader who's migrating all of your uh, your resources to the cloud, for instance, you've then got to be aware of the data center impact, haven't you? And you've got to obviously factor yeah. that into sort of when you're sort of figuring out exactly what your uh, what your carbon footprint is. Yeah, exactly. That's the next level up, and um, and that's it's kind of like where you get your energy from. It's something you can't directly control, but you can choose a supplier. So pushing data centers, asking that question, identifying um, both for both in terms of where they use their energy. There's some really interesting work happening with the design and cooling of data centers to make them much more energy efficient, um, as well as them getting um, where they get their energy from. And then from a personal interest of mine is the actual, um, uh, you know, are they are they thinking about their, their, their through flow of, of devices and the hardware that they use as well? Um, it's a that's a it's a opaque, a difficult thing to do. But I think just being part of the conversation is being part of the solution and looking for those kinds of things. Um, and then beyond that, again, as you said, is there's um, uh, obviously digitization broadly brings such so many huge benefits, and that includes the reduction in physical footprint often of the business. But there is a growing evidence that. Um, just the amount of data that we're storing and transporting around is kind of overkill. There's that stat, like something like 60% of, of PowerPoint, you know, saved or 60% of, um, of data saved, which I always use PowerPoint as the example, um, is, is used once and never looked again. And, but yet we're paying to store that, but we're paying the literal money and paying the carbon and energy use to store that data. Yeah, so it's um, about sort of our data efficiency as well, isn't it? Making sure that we're not just using these resources and emitting all of this carbon to store what essentially is uh, is redundant data. So for anybody, I suppose, that's listening into this and, you know, wants to think about how their business can become more sustainable, there is a whole lot of food for thought. But I suppose there's a great amount of encouragement from exactly what you said just now, actually, Barry, in the sense that more people coming in on and being part of the conversation, they're being part of the solution as well and I suppose a, uh, a big part of that as well is that a lot of businesses are now chasing B Corp status and that's also something that uh, your business has managed to uh, to acquire as well isn't it? Yes yeah I think that's really interesting through uh, in the UK in the couple of years the, of the first couple of years of COVID B Corp had um, more applications um, for certification than in the previous five years combined so that that's a real sort of um, example of that um you know, everybody had to slow down and really think about what matters. <laughs> and when you think about what matters, it is just like the world that we live in, that my lifestyle, the impact I have, if I, my business is, is it, you know, is my business a good citizen, so to speak, even if I am. Um, and, and, and there's so much to be, um, so much to be gained from that, not just from the moral argument, but so much to be gained from that as an individual and a business. And the B Corp um, uh, process is, is, it's like, um, it's not just a, a tick box exercise. It's not just a badge. It's an important part of the journey. And like uh, uh, we're quite proud to have got there because it feels like 
Actually, I shouldn't say that it's got there. We, we, we taken that step because it's not a step and not a journey that's now done. Mm. Um, but we do feel like that allows us to say that we are attempting to walk the walk and we're going to continue on that journey. That's exactly it, isn't it? I suppose sometimes businesses can be a little bit afraid of the uh, the greenwashing tag, can't they? I mean, but I think yeah. it's one of those things which almost seems a little counterproductive in my view, because I think when it comes to businesses that are trying to be sustainable, even if they can't get everything perfectly spot on, I mean, no business is going to be able to do that certainly immediately. Yeah. It, we should we should encourage businesses trying to actually come out and sort of get on the, the sustainable ladder, shouldn't we? hundred percent. I mean, yeah, exactly what you just said. Nobody or no business can be perfect. And we don't need 10% of businesses to be nearly perfect. We need 90% of businesses to be, you know, 50, 60, 80% better than they are now. And we need to accept that there's this huge amount of learning, huge amount of collaboration and this huge challenge that we need to, um, uh, that we need to tackle and that there's real, and in my opinion, we should be looking at that as an exciting thing and, and, and publicly saying, I am no, my business is nowhere near perfect, but these are the steps I'm doing and acknowledging that. Um, as you said, the greenwashing thing and, and B Corp, you know, like everything gets, is, is not perfect. It gets, um, it has problems and flaws and, 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 and issues with it as well. Um, but I think that's so much more important to just take the steps. What's interesting to me is genuine greenwashing is actually relatively easy to pick out. Mm. And if, 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 I mean, if you're doing, if you, if that's your approach, I'm approaching it as greenwashing, then that's what you're going to do. If you're approaching it as a genuine, we're trying to be, better as a business and we're looking for the opportunities for us in that, then you will get, you know, and be public about that, then you will get the benefits from it. And you will also like, like as anybody who stands on a pedestal, you will get, it's always the companies that are more green, they get abused for being green, if you say to me, for not green enough. Yeah, exactly, because um, it's almost uh, that the expectation is on them to be the uh, the trailblazers, the ones going above and beyond, isn't it? But I think, as you said there, there are benefits to any business showing that they're sort of trying to become more sustainable. And that even sort of extends commercially, doesn't it, even if you don't immediately sort of see a return on it, because more businesses are going to want to do business with a company that is looking to go greener, isn't it, for starters. And given that since the pandemic, as we've talked about already, people have become a lot more aware of their impact on the planet. They're becoming a lot more sort of purpose aligned in their mentality now. You'll see benefits, not just in terms of maybe more consumers coming to you, more businesses looking to come and do business with you, but also retention as well. Because when we think about this quiet quitting we've seen, depending on how much you believe in the great resignation, um, a lot of individuals have been sort of leaving businesses because maybe they're just not aligned with the way that they sort of want to do things, their views on the planet, their views on life. And if you're not being sustainable and you're not showing that you're sort of keeping the planet in mind, you know, you, you could potentially be losing out on um, a portion of your workforce there. Uh, that's exactly it. There's so many, so many aspects there. I, unfortunately, people tend to start with, OK, well, what's the marketing benefit of me doing this? But that's mm-hmm. like the wrong, that's, that should be the outcome. Um, whereas if you if you do manage to to make those changes, then you start to look at things like cost savings, and then things like um, customer loyalty or, or, or awareness raising and promotion, and and there is a hundred percent, at least a hundred percent benefit. Um, I mean, a, you know, a factor of ten benefit um, to the staff and employees to feel like that, you know all of those subtle things, pride in their company, you know, feeling like impact, like the things they care about, their job is impacting. They're not having to. They're not just doing that in their sort of evening time or whatever. All of that is huge. And then what's even ex- more exciting, 
once you've gone, got started to move in, in, in those and build those foundations, from my point of view, what's even more exciting is then there's some really op- real opportunities to look at business models and much broader changes where there's opportunities like just raw business opportunities, um, everything from like the, 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 the rental and the as a service and the productization and, um, and all of the things where you can you kind of taking it to another gear in terms of the opportunities there. Yeah, exactly right. So I suppose for anybody, again, that's looking to uh, sort of venture out onto the uh, the sustainable journey, I suppose the key message is don't look for sort of immediate commercial returns. Think about those incremental gains and they're going to accumulate over time and eventually you are going to see those commercial benefits. But it's very much a case of speculate to accumulate and be patient with it because, you know, you're doing a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And um that make, that makes it sound like it's a you know it's a really slow process. I have to wait for decades before I, it's not it's nothing mm. it's nothing like that and it's, and it's not hard. It's not as hard as it looks. It's it's almost impossible to get perfect, but it's incredibly easy to start and make some actions. And those actions may bring, especially at the moment, can bring um, uh, benefits quite quickly. And when we talk about um, energy usage and cost savings of hardware, for, as just two quick examples. Absolutely right. And for anybody that's been listening in who, you know, may feel compelled to go and do something themselves, um, having um, listened to mine and Barry's discussion today, you can go and find out more uh, via Barry's website. That would be at happyporch.com, I believe would be the best port of call for you. And you've also got your own podcast, haven't you, Barry, as well? Yes, yes. I'm not as um, consistent with my output as you are, but we do um, uh, we do seasons, one or two seasons each year talking about the circular economy and specifically um, the tech angle to that. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So for anybody looking to find out a little bit more, please do just certainly go and seek that uh, podcast out as well. And uh, if you do have a comment to leave um, as part of uh, the discussion that we've had today on tech and the circular economy, or you even have a question to be directed to ourselves at the Leaders' Council or to Barry, please do feel free to contact us. That would be via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us. And any questions that would be going through uh, to Barry, of course, will be uh, sending directly on to him. And just to remind listeners as well, if you are a business leader who wants to talk about the circular economy or any other topical matter or issue that is relevant to you and bring your perspective direct to the discussion table with me, then you too can apply to be on our podcast. And that would be via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. That would be the port of call there. Um, For now, Barry, it's been a fantastic pleasure welcoming you onto the uh, the show to talk all things tech and uh, sustainability. It's a shame that we're running short of time because it's something I've got to literally talk with you about all day. But before we do uh, wrap things up, um, just looking to kind of get an idea as to what sort of your personal milestones and business uh, aims are going to be over the course of this next year as you you know keep moving forward on that sustainable mission. Yeah, that's a good question. We're currently doing our uh, sort of end of year um, planning and process about that. And I think basically the, the short answer is more of the same. We're looking to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more um, aiming a bit higher in terms of the impact um, that we've had in the past and continually trying to grow that journey. It'd be fantastic if you'd be able to uh, to successfully carry out that mission as well, Barry. And if you, uh, of course, uh, are doing well and there's plenty to talk about over the course of the next year, um, I'd love the opportunity to welcome you back on and just see sort of how far you've got and what more hurdles you've overcome along the way. That'd be really fun. Thanks very much, Scott.
It'd be brilliant. It's been fantastic, Barry. And thanks once again for taking the time to join us on the programme because without the likes of yourselves coming and speaking to us, we couldn't produce content like this to really share that knowledge with the next generation of entrepreneurs. And to those listeners tuning in, I do hope that you thoroughly enjoyed hearing from Happy Porches founder, Barry OK. Um, As always, I've been your host, Scott Challoner, on today's episode of the Leaders' Council podcast. And until next time, we'll be back with a whole new perspective on leadership and current affairs. Please do take care all and goodbye.